0: Everything in Seven Stories by Andy Jones. Narrated by the author. Story 2. Why We Fight. Part 1. Wednesday, June 7th. Email from Michael Cripps. Email to Cripps Family. Subject? Well this is it. Hi all. Things have been fine in the barracks. I'm so sorry I couldn't see you before we shipped out. We always knew this would be a last-minute thing, and I guess that's what's happened. But it's okay. I mean, it's okay for me, and I don't want you to worry. I feel pretty good about this, and I'm going to have the best people watching my back all the time. Really. Mum, I know I promised I'd call when we knew we were off, but outside phone calls have not been authorised for now. I spoke to Ben, the comms bloke, and he says they probably won't be okayed until after we go, so I don't want you to hold out for a call that I probably can't make. It's official then. Sergeant Daniels informed us three hours ago that all leave was cancelled and our regiment will be shipping out to Brazil in 24 hours. It's kind of late, so I guess you won't get this until the morning. For security, they won't clear any incoming messages, so you won't be able to message me back while I'm out there. Don't worry though, they've got internet over there via satellite so I can keep you updated with what's going on. You'll hear from me whenever I get a chance to talk, I promise. Thanks for your last email. I can understand how anxious you are, but Daniels has been great. He's explained everything about the situation and he says he'll give us more details when we're out there. He had this whole presentation slideshow and everything. I've learnt a lot about this mess from that. Brazil has been flouting the trade rules for ages now. Those rules might sound distant and abstract to you and me, but Daniel says that they're vital to the British economy. Without them, there's no level playing field and we can't compete without dropping prices and cutting jobs and we'd have to do it on a huge scale which would end in loads of poverty and everything. We're not just fighting people, but an idea, he said. We're fighting so that we don't become destitute at the hands of others who don't care about us. He said that this isn't a war of hatred or anger, but one of love. We love our families. We love our monarch. And so we have to fight, however begrudgingly, to protect the people we love. Everyone cheered after that. Don't tell, but I welled up a little. Sergeant Daniels is pretty good at those speeches. Maybe he should be a politician, lol. I know that Brazil's a far-off place, but the dangers it's putting in our way need to be dealt with. I believe that in my heart. They don't accept UK goods and are flooding the world, and even us here at home with cheap products and stuff that makes it impossible to compete. Daniel says that unchecked, they're going to run us into the ground and turn us into a third-world country, and we're not going to let that happen. Oh, uh, Lucas and Sean both send their regards. You remember them? Lucas Levy and Sean Sampson, they're at my 21st in August. I took the piss out of Sean a bit tonight. He looked a bit glassy eyed after Daniels gave his speech. Couldn't speak for a few minutes after. He's a six foot two, 17 stone soft git. He says it's about time the Brazilians got what they deserved. Lucas is being a bit funny about it. After Daniel's talked about how they're selling stuff cheap and destroying our marketplace, he whispered something about if you can't beat them. I don't know, I think he's just a bit nervous about going out there and doing what we need to do. But he's a good guy. He's been with us here for over a year now. Signed up because he said it was his patriotic duty. Anyway, I better pack the last bits before lights out. We're leaving early tomorrow. I don't know when I'll be able to write next, but like I said, they've got the satellites over there, so emails shouldn't be a problem. I'll write as soon as I can. Don't fret. I'm going to be fine. Love to you all. Mike. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Part 2. Friday, June 9th. Email from Michael Cripps. Email to Cripps Family. Subject, I've arrived. Greetings from Brazil. So sorry for not writing sooner. It's been pretty manic and non-stop since I got here. But things are calming down now. I can't say exactly where we're stationed because the comms people will retract the email before you get it. But I think it's okay if I say that we're on the coast of Brazil somewhere. There was pretty heavy fighting to take this piece of land, but now the British flag is flying high, right over us. There's been lots of clerical stuff to deal with. Lots of queuing. (laughs) Typical Brits, huh? Um, Things to process before we'll be allowed to do patrols, etc. My regiment are stationed on site until further notice. I guess they need to figure out what to do with us now we're here with everyone else. That wasn't quite what I was expecting, but I can't complain. I've now been moved from the general sleeping station and been assigned a bunk. Great, not. Only took a whole day for them to sort that out. And I'm right by the personal use terminal, which means I'll probably be able to send emails without anyone else nosing in or getting impatient with me. I can easily use it in the evening when no one else wants to. I know I just wrote that there had been heavy fighting to take where we are on the coast of Brazil, but since I've been there, you wouldn't know there had been any fighting at all. Sean says the Brazilians are a bunch of pussies for giving up so much land so quickly. I think he's probably right. We're not going to be here for long at this rate. So I don't want you to worry about anything. It's even cooler than I thought it would be. The sun is pretty intense, but fantastic. Better get some Sunblock 5000, and it's almost more like a beach party than a war zone. We've had a lecture again today by Sergeant Daniels. He wanted to talk to us this morning once we've got over our jet lag to appraise us of the situation out here. I've got to tell you, it's the story that the media are all too often distorting. Actually, you should only watch the BBC News from now on so you don't get a misshapen view of what we're doing out here. The government sanctioned reports are only available on the Beeb and they're the only reports that are telling the truth at the moment, seriously. Daniels has laid it all down for us. A little under a year ago, a new libertarian government got into power in Brazil. The dangerous radicals at the heart of the new regime have basically removed every trade barrier and rule that was in place. Even the really important international ones that have been approved by the UN, etc. They're just letting their citizens do whatever they want so long as they don't directly initiate force or fraud on the freedoms of others. It's all highly strung language, but it basically means that the Brazilian government are letting their people do what they want and even flout the international agreements and trade restrictions that we all abide to. As a result, the Brazilians are using all their talents and creativity to sell loads of things to loads of people at really competitive prices. Not just that, they're allowed to sell to anyone So terrorists, rogue nations, governments, organisations, people who are government consider dangerous, literally anyone they want. Daniel's explained to us how the proper role of government is to protect us from ourselves so we don't get too carried away and that we don't get too selfish, thinking about our own lives and profits instead of the greater good of all of us. It's pretty clear that Brazil's government of radicals are not doing what is required of them under international law. And this is a form of selfishness on the part of the government, too. Apparently, they've already paid off a large chunk of their national debt as a result of their people being able to sell so many goods so cheaply. didn't really make much sense to me, but I think that basically they've lowered taxes by like three quarters. But instead of only receiving a quarter of the revenue over the last six months, taxable income and sales have doubled because the amount of wealth generators has increased eightfold. What the commercial TV channels aren't telling you is that wealth is a fixed thing. Can't really grow. So if they've made all that extra wealth, it's at the expense of countries like the UK. They are literally stealing from us and undermining our own wealth. They're basically taking a bigger share of the pie than they deserve. And it's unfair. The Prime Minister flew from London to try and reason with the new President to Brazil, but all the President said was, if you're having such troubles, why not cure them by embracing freedom like we have? What an arrogant prick. He's not embracing freedom, he's embracing selfishness. Like Sergeant Daniel said, we invented freedom, so how can he lecture us on the subject? Anyway, talks broke down because this classical liberal government of radicals, wouldn't listen to reason or agree to a simple compromise. The Prime Minister was at his wits' end. He even offered to introduce some protectionist tariffs for the Brazilians to give them an advantage in the marketplace. But they just wouldn't listen. They're obsessed with unrestrained capitalism, an illness that we got rid of some time ago. So it's down to me and the lads on behalf of Britain to stand alone and take the necessary measures to restrain Brazil's free-market madness ourselves. America aren't going in with us on this one. Lucas says it's because of that new president they've got. Fisher, what's his name? I think he's an idiot. Whenever I see him on TV, he looks like such a smarmy git. Keeps lecturing the world about freedom, but he's too much of a coward to stand up for fairness. Most of Europe is doing what we're doing, i.e. trying to prevent Brazilian goods from entering their countries. But that's not going to be enough. Sergeant Daniels said that in the last three months alone, these outlawed black market goods have increased by a factor of 45 throughout the world, including the UK. So we're the first to take a stand. Everyone else around the world has asked us to exercise caution. Sean calls them a bunch of pussies as well. But Daniels says that behind closed doors, the other permanent members of the Security Council at the UN, apart from the Yanks, of course, support what Britain is doing. So we shouldn't get any trouble from anyone else for doing what needs to be done. It's pretty amazing stuff. I can't believe that the other networks aren't telling us this, but what I've just told you is the total truth. Not sure why, but during the Q&A afterwards, Lucas started asking awkward questions about freedom and competition and wouldn't we be better off doing what the Brazilians are doing too and all that sort of stuff. Daniels looked pissed. If Lucas isn't careful, he's going to end up on Daniel's bad side. But Sean just asked at the end, One last question, Sergeant. The questions Officer Levy are asking are all very well and good, but when do we get to rip Brazil a new arsehole? Everyone laughed. Daniel said we get the chance soon. I'm ready to serve. It's good to be told the truth, and know why we're fighting and why we're in the right. In the past, generations of soldiers have fought without really knowing what it was about. For the first time, we're being told exactly why we need to take a stand and be counted. That means something. I think Sean's right. Brazilians are a bunch of pussies, and I can promise you we'll be out of here in no time. All my love, Mike. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Part 3 Sunday June 11th Email from Michael Cripps Email to Cripps Family Subject We're All Safe Hey gang, we've been hanging around doing very little of anything for a bit and it's all kicked off today. The compound was attacked by a Brazilian infantry last night. They were just trying it on. Apparently, there were no signs of intelligent coordination, according to Sergeant Daniels. They had rocket launchers and fired three at once on the main wall of the outer compound, which caused quite a bit of mess, but didn't really make much of an impact beyond that. They didn't even aim for the joins in the outer walls. One soldier patrolling by the wall died, but no one else was heard. Just so you're clear, we are all safe. It happened well away from where I'm stationed. Remember, this is a pretty big compound. I didn't even realise what was going on until it was over. The guards on the watchtowers opened fire as soon as the rockets hit. They basically killed every one of the Brazilian infantrymen right then and there. I can promise you, they won't be doing that again. Things have suddenly changed. Until last night, this was a glorified holiday for all of us, but now things seem more serious. I didn't know the guy who died, but he was one of us, and that's all that matters. The troops want blood. Sergeant Daniels has assured us that we'll get it. I've got to be honest, though. I'm pretty pissed off with Lucas at the moment. Me and Sean were talking about what we're going to do to the Brazilian bastards when we get the chance, especially now after what they've done. But Lucas just said, wouldn't we be doing the same as them if they forced their way onto our land? jerk and sergeant daniels heard him and said what you fail to realize son is that they are on our land every cheap product every time these new big shot brazilian investors buys up our businesses and outdoes our manufacturing base that's an outright assault on our country (laughs) that showed lucas he shut right up after that but later he had a bit of a scuffle with sean late last night Pretty dumb thing to do. Sean's like, what, twice the size of Lucas? Sergeant Daniels broke it up, but they're not talking anymore. I don't know exactly what was said, but when Daniels pulled them apart, Sean said, if you love them so fucking much, why don't you fight with them? Daniels took him to one side. I don't know what he said, but I think it's calmed him down. Sean's a great guy, but he can be a little hot-tempered. Give him a bit of time and he'll kiss and make up with Lucas. But right now I'm staying out of it. The problem is, Lucas won't leave it alone. We just went for a walk a few minutes ago before I started this email. He was talking about something or other to me and then said, there's more going on here than some trumped up National Pride bullshit, Mike. I really have had enough of this. I said, like what? And he said, you'll know soon enough, everyone will. And then walked off what does that even mean i'm not sure he's totally cut out for this anyway sorry about the rant the main reason i'm getting in touch with you is to tell you that we're finally moving out tomorrow dawn raid this is what i've been waiting for i won't be in the thick of it sergeant daniels has ordered that i position myself with some other spotters on higher ground overlooking a Brazilian army barracks that's several clicks from our southeast perimeter. I've got to be straight with you. I'll be totally out of harm's way this time, but that's just because of where I've been assigned. Next time, I might not be so fortunate. But it's okay. We've talked about this before. This is why I signed up. Not to get an easy ride, but to prove my worth and be counted. So try not to think of me today while I'm out there. Heck, if anything, try and think of Sean and Lucas and the rest of the grunts. They're going to be down there on the front line. My job is to send as much accurate information to them all as I can to keep as many of them safe as possible. I'll email you once it's over. I'll be fine. I promise. All my love, Mike. Kiss, kiss, kiss. P.S. Wish Aunt Gemma a happy birthday for yesterday. Sorry, I forgot. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Part 4. Monday, June 12th. Email from Michael Cripps. Email to Cripps Family. Subject, awful news. First of all, I'm fine. No injuries, nothing. I don't want my subject header to panic you. The awful news is about Lucas. He was killed in action this morning. The Brazilian army barracks we were attacking has been completely destroyed. After it got a little wild in there, our men pulled out and the bombers did their thing. Our boys down on the ground took several casualties but were... Able to confirm that there weren't hostages or intel of any use inside the compound. So our men were ordered out on a tactical retreat, and the airborne boys rained hellfire down on those bastards. It's like bonfire night on steroids. They didn't know what hit them. The mission was, for the most part, a success. We've just had a mission debrief from Sergeant Daniels. Lucas and six others died in the initial firefight. All of their bodies were lost when the site was incinerated by our bombers. That means they're going to have to bury an empty coffin once his family are told. He doesn't really have much family. It's mum back home and an American cousin in New York. Really feel for them right now. I was flying high right after the mission. We got them, totally showed them never to mess with us again. But now I feel sick. The last time I spoke to Lucas, I got pissed at him for moaning all the time about the stupid and unhelpful things he said. He died and I was still mad at him. I can't bear it. I want to talk to Sergeant Daniels about it. That's what he's there for. But it doesn't seem right. I think I just need to man up. I spoke to Sean. I think he's upset too, but... It's affecting him in different ways. He just said he shouldn't have been here, shouldn't have been here. I don't really know what he means. I think it's hitting him hard because he was with Lucas when he died. I was spared that agony at least. I asked him what happened but he just said, You know Mike, you're just like Lucas, too many damn questions. I could tell it hurt him even to say Lucas's name he got up and walked away from me he's been sitting on his own under the West Point Tower all afternoon I want to talk to him more about it for his sake as much as my own but I don't really know what to say this is it we fight for fairness but we don't know who will be the next to fall from our band of brothers and that really is unfair I don't think Sean really wants to talk about what happened anyway I spoke to a couple of the other guys on the front line, it was all so horrible. Some of the stuff they saw, not just our boys taking casualties but the screams coming from the compound after our bombs started to hit. Apparently one Brazilian was crawling out of a burnt out truck with both of his legs hanging off, he still gripped a pistol in his hands. They were ordered to shoot him, they had no choice. One of them was in tears, saying he just wants to go home. That's all he said over and over. <sighs> well, as you can imagine, I'm, I'm I'm a little shaken up today. But I'm fine, really. Don't let this message get you down, Annie. I promise you that I'd tell you everything that happened. Well, everything that the census will allow, no matter how unpleasant it is. And so, that's what I'm doing. That way, when I also tell you that I'm okay, you'll believe me. I still know in my heart that we're fighting for the right reasons. Lucas is a casualty that I'll never forget, not for one moment, but it's only increased my resolve. I'm fighting for him now, in his name. His death will not be in vain. I'll send another message as soon as I can. Love to you all, Mike. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Part 5 Tuesday, June 13th. Email from Michael Cripps. Email to Cripps family. Subject Hi guys. Hi guys. Today's been pretty boring. But that's okay. Compared to yesterday, I think boring is exactly what I need. I'm still feeling pretty down about Lucas, as you can imagine. I don't care what Sean says. It's too hard just to shrug the shoulders and move on. He was my friend, and I can't just compartmentalise my feelings like Sean seems to. I'm not a robot. Sean's actually doing pretty good today. Daniels has somehow managed to get him some cigars sent over, even a bottle of scotch from back home. Well, Scotland. Anywhere in the UK is back home to us now. I'm getting more of a sense that Sean was right in the thick of the fight yesterday. He's still pretty tight-lipped, barely spoken to me all day and the others don't really talk much about it either but he's certainly more popular today daniel's his favorite for sure i think he had to face down some brazilians face to face and it got pretty nasty but he hardly had a scratch on him i've heard about this before from some of the older guys back home in the officer's mess sometimes a few guys get lucky and it attracts the others to them like they're a lucky charm or invincible or something I can understand that. If you're at war like we are, you want to be standing right next to the luckiest guys, don't you? I'm not sure I'll be standing by Sean anytime time soon, though. Like I said, he uttered a few words to me all day, that's it. While he was drinking that scotch right out the bottle, I asked him, How can you celebrate? He just said that we faced the enemy and we came out alive mike but we didn't all come back alive did we oh i shouldn't have said that to him actually i think even my face just keeps on reminding him of what happened to lucas that's why he's off with me he shouldn't beat himself up so much over it if he just talked to me about it i know he'd feel better i'd feel better too anyway He's been drinking and taking it pretty easy today. Some of the others have too, who were on the front line the other day. I think that's fair, and you're not going to have any of the others complaining about that. It hasn't been so hands-off for me, though. After I briefly talked to Sean and mentioned how not all of us came back alive, Daniel's reassigned me. He was in the same tent I was in with Sean. I think he must have overheard me. He doesn't want any negativity to get in the way of our mission, so... I'm basically being punished. But it's alright, I've been placed in Comsad, That's communication administration. (laughs) And it's as fun as it sounds. I've spent pretty much the whole afternoon cataloguing munitions and sending encrypted cables back home. It's laborious work, just following flowcharts and pressing buttons. It was going okay until about 15 minutes ago. That's why I thought I'd stop and send you guys an email. I have full access to an online console here, so I guess I can pretty much send an email whenever I want. And why not? Just looks like I'm working, which is fine with me. Anyway, about 15 minutes ago, I started getting a build-up of the emails that are going back and forth, not just from soldiers like me to families, but the important communications that we're sending as updates to Central Command back home. It's damn, Sergeant Daniels. He's sending electric cables back to some of the London bureaucrats in Whitehall for whatever reason God knows who answers to who anymore and they keep bouncing back. Because they're a high priority, the email systems keeps trying to send them over and over again which is slowing down the speed of which the other emails can be sent. Pain in the ass. I've brought it up with the comms people, they're running around like headless chickens doing God knows what. I was told to fix it, <laughs> that's all the support I get, like I'm some great IT whiz or something who can solve this crap. I've had a look, and from what I can gather, Daniels is sending his emails in a higher form of encryption than the others, so the Whitehall servers can't read them and keep automatically returning them. There's almost certainly no reason for him to do this, but I think he's even more technically useless than I am, so he probably doesn't even fully understand what he's doing. Sorry, rant over. i better try and sort this out before the end of my shift. I'm doing okay. Certainly better than yesterday. Love to you as always, Mike. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Part 6. Wednesday, June 14th. Email from Michael Cripps. Email to Cripps Family. Subject, blank. It's pretty late here. I, I don't know when you'll get this, but there's a million things running around in my head and I need to tell you while it's still fresh. I've had the worst day of my life. We were all woken up at 0300. Turns out a squadron of Brazilian infantrymen were patrolling to the southwest of our base camp. Sergeant Daniels wanted to make it clear that the animals can't be allowed to wander in our backyard. I don't know why, but that made me think of Lucas. What did he say? How would you feel if they were setting up bases in our land? This isn't our backyard. It isn't our anything. This belongs to them. Sergeant Daniels proposed an impromptu shock and awe campaign, and that's what we did. My patrol attacked the Brazilian squadron from above with heavy weapons. We had rocket launchers and three miniguns, you know, the six-barreled things that they attach to the sides of helicopters. They don't fire like in the movies. They spew out so many bullets that they're spent in less than 20 seconds, but in that time, They carved right through most of the squadron. But the retaliation was pretty severe. They were totally outgunned, though. We killed them all. And I'm okay. I want to make that clear right away, but... It came pretty close. At one stage, I was pinned down, and Sean was at a higher vantage point. I had been asked to go with a few others into the clearing to check for survivors. There were a good few. One of the guys near me got hit. He must have been... Two metres away, if that? I don't even know his name. On instinct, I hit the ground and kept moving forward. I've been told that you never know if you're going to freeze up in a moment like that, and I'm glad to say that I didn't. If I had taken another moment to think about it, I don't think I'd be sending you this email. Daniels would be writing you a letter of condolence instead. I put my back hard against a rock. Shots were firing right over my head. Sean was looking over the clearing. The other guy I was with, he had made it back over to safety, but like I said, I was pinned down. There wasn't much I could do, and Sean just looked down on me. He, he, he was in the right position. He could have fired and took out whoever was there, but he didn't. He just looked at me. What was that? How could he have put my life in so much danger? After a moment, he moved further up to take out some of the remaining Brazilian squadron that was trying to flee. I don't know, maybe he hadn't really noticed the danger I was in, it just seemed wrong somehow, and there were bullets landing just inches from me. I didn't know what to do, I was convinced that this was the end, I lifted my rifle over the rock and unloaded the whole magazine, finger pressed to the trigger. I was just screaming my eyes tightly shut after my mag was spent I hunched down behind the rock I just wanted to stay there forever but the returning fire had stopped at that point I didn't know if I had hit whoever was firing at me or scared them off or God knows what I crept out from behind the rock there was a single Brazilian soldier lying on the ground face up with his chest bleeding I'd cut him open pretty good his AK was lying about a meter from him he wasn't a threat to anyone anymore he was just breathing heavily he looked terrified I think we both knew this was the end for him but he didn't seem afraid of me anymore I pointed my rifle at him not thinking about the fact it was empty and just stood there he looked up at me he looked into my eyes and whispered why we fight Uh, at first I couldn't understand but I realized it was in English why we fight why we fight then he continued to breathe heavily (laughs) what was I supposed to do reload finish the job quickly Maybe that was the humane thing to do. But I couldn't do it. Who was he? He could have been my neighbour, friend even. He He was just a guy. A normal guy. I knelt down and held his hand. He died after a minute. The gunshots further up had ended as well. Clearly Sean and his guys had finished off the rest of them. I don't think I can do this anymore. Mike. Part 7. Thursday, June 15th. Email from Michael Cripps. Email to Cripps Family. Subject, private message. Dear all, I've been assigned to comms again all day. I don't mind. It's given me time to think. And after what I've discovered today, it's given me time to act as well. I'm sending this as an encrypted message. You should be able to read it okay, but I don't want anyone else to read it. I'm effectively bypassing the security moderation that checks to make sure all our emails are suitable and that we're not giving away secrets of any kind. I just hope that the fact that my message is encrypted doesn't raise any flags. They can decrypt these things pretty easily, if they want to. I basically spent the first half of the day decrypting Sergeant Daniels' emails so that I could send them through the normal channels. I had no choice. I was ordered to make sure that this stuff gets through. If I didn't decrypt them and send them on, then he'd be sending all these important communications to Whitehall and none of them would be getting through. I can't believe what he's written here. I want to make sure you have a copy of these so that what I've found out is on some sort of record. It might come in handy in case I get into any trouble later. I didn't know who to turn to about this, but it's really serious. Daniels has been talking directly with a group called Central Command in Whitehall, where it appears most of the war decisions are being made. Most of it I couldn't understand, but I understand enough to know that something's not quite right here. He has been attaching files that detail where Brazilian oil reserves are kept and the logistics for transporting that oil back home. He mentions several of the other sergeants who also seem to be involved in this. I don't get it. Why are they interested in taking oil from Brazil? There's loads of other places with much more oil. But then it got worse. I found several communications confirming that orders have been carried out on Gold Rush Ops. These are just missions where some of our men have been ordered to confiscate gold from various Brazilian banks. Banks run by civilians. When the new government took over in Brazil, the state handed control of money back to the people and a new gold standard currency was created overnight. Now all the money is commodity money, it's cash backed by gold, but we're stealing the gold. This isn't the wealth of the Brazilian government, it's the money of the ordinary people in the country. They're civilians, why are we stealing from them? But that's not the really awful bit. I read an email that Daniel sent on June 11th, the day before Lucas was killed, to his superiors in Whitehall. He was addressing their concerns that Lucas was asking too many difficult questions. Let me copy and paste the paragraph from the email. Gentlemen, I can assure you that this is only a minor setback. He has acquired some intel that I rather he didn't. But as of right now, no one under my command is really interested in hearing what this soldier is saying and he won't have much of a chance to continue his subversive behaviour any longer. We can't just move him for what he's saying, that might add some validity to his arguments. Instead, I have planned that the whole team undertake a major shock and awe mission tomorrow. I get to decide where he goes and what he must do during his mission. So, he shall experience an unfortunate incident in a combat situation tomorrow. I have my best man on it. He knows what's at stake. I repeat, gentlemen, this will not be a problem by the end of tomorrow. I I can't believe it. Sergeant Daniels had Lucas killed. Was it because he knew what I now know? I know Sean hasn't been speaking to me, but I had to talk to him on this. At first, I don't think he wanted to believe me. He, He just kept saying, why, Mike, why? I told him everything I know. We have to find out the truth of what's really going on here. I thought this war was a just one a righteous one but now I know that it's not and we have to do something Sean says he knows some people who can help, like I said before he's made a few important friends higher up the food chain lately, he says that these people will be outraged if he knew the illegal things Daniels has been doing he made me promise not to speak a word of this to anyone else, not even another officer until he can get some important people on our side, I promised him I wouldn't I shouldn't even be telling you. But I know that you'll do the right thing and keep this a secret until we have a position of strength and can confront Daniels properly. I've attached all of Daniels' emails for the last few days. Looks like I'll be going home sooner than I thought. Probably to testify against Daniels. Until then, I'm going to play it safe and keep my head down. Love to you all, Mike. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Part 8 Friday, June sixteenth. Email from Michael Cripps. Email to Cripps Family. Subject, another assault. I have to be quick. I'm not even supposed to be here in the comms room right now. We just got word of a new deployment outside our compound first thing this morning. There's a new temporary camp that's been set up by the Brazilians just outside our base. We're supposed to attack it with a combination of air and tactical ground assaults, which is pretty much what we're going to do. They had some mortar rockets set up less than half a mile behind their temporary camp that they were going to fire on us as we leave the safety of our compound but what the brazilians don't know is some of our guys have already disabled those rockets but in about 30 minutes they'll get wind of it so we need to move fast sergeant daniels has ordered an all-out assault on the camp we set off in about 15 minutes i'm scared sean says that as soon as this mission is over he'll personally see to it that the truth about daniels about Everything that's going on with the oil and the gold will all come out. He seems pretty confident, but I'm worried for both of us. Clearly Daniels has some rogue officers under his thumb. The paragraph from that email I showed you yesterday confirms that. And I bet some of these guys are so brainwashed by him that they'll kill me and Sean like they did with Lucas and not give it a moment's thought. But Sean says we'll be okay, and coming from him, I believe it. Not even five guys all at once would take him on. He says that if I stick with him throughout the mission, I'll be safe. He's given me his word that he'll protect me above all else. Right now, he's the only one I really trust. I have to go now, otherwise someone will worry about where I am. I'll speak to you again as soon as this mission is over, I promise. I love you, Mike. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Part 9 Saturday, June 17th Email from Sean Sampson Email to Cripps Family Subject, retracted email Note This email was sent at 12.04am, then retracted and remotely deleted at 12.07am. Please delete any erroneous copies that may appear in your inbox. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I had no choice. don't know what's right anymore Sean Part 10 Saturday June 17th Email from Sergeant Chris Daniels Email to Cripps Family Subject Condolences Dear Mr and Mrs Cripps By now you will have had the official call from Commander Donaldson informing you of your son's unfortunate death I felt it was my duty to join the commander in offering my deepest heartfelt condolences, which can do little to ease the pain you must be feeling at this difficult time. I can only tell you how brave, loyal and patriotic your son had been during his short term fighting overseas to keep our country safe. Right until the very end, Michael was committed to this mission and felt it was his patriotic duty to win this war for you, and for all of us who value the British way of life. If it is any consolation at all, your pain may be eased slightly by knowing that his dear friend and fellow officer Sean Sampson, was with him at the time that Michael was killed in action. Sadly, the mortar fire from the enemy that subsequently covered the whole area means that Michael's body may never be properly recovered. I will, however, see to it that Officer Samson also sends you a letter of condolence later on tomorrow, once he returns from his second day on duty in the war zone, pending no unforeseen incidents. Once again, I cannot thank you enough for the ultimate sacrifice that your family has made in the service of fighting for all of our freedoms. Michael Cripps represented the very best of us, and he will be greatly missed. All my very best wishes, Sergeant Chris Daniels, 105th Division. That was Why We Fight, story two from Everything in Seven Stories, written by Andy Jones and narrated by the author. This is a Gold Pictures production.